Welcome to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, where we explore the nuances of personal finance, improve our financial literacy, and empower ourselves to achieve financial freedom. Come nerd out with us, and let's take this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, again to another Few Cents, our fun mini-episode. We'll be dropping our main full-length episode this Thursday. Uh, happy Tuesday. Um, Danny, I wanted to, before we jump into today's topic, I wanted to do a quick shout-out. I'm laughing because okay, my wife listened to our most recent full-length episode, our, the fire movement, right? And we're listening to it on All our... All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're driving home. Uh, we did a, um, a day trip to Pittsburgh and um three-hour trip there to do a costco run maybe we'll do a fun mini episode on that soon about um that's a long drive the return of, that's a long drive for yeah, a costco run. it's the closest costco to us but we had we had other things we were going to do too we went to ikea and a couple other things so um but anyway on the ride home we're listening to the fire episode i figured you know what let me see how this sounds in the car and i haven't really given this like a full listen in the car sitting down and this will be a good one to introduce my wife to so we're listening to it and um we get to the part where you're like what's this three month gap on your job history kind of section? And, and, um, and you're like, imagine you go 15 years and like, how are you going to explain that if you retire early and you have to go back to work? And my wife cracked me up. She goes, Oh, you just tell the employer that you signed an NDA. Like you can't talk about it. Like <laughs> 15 year 15 NDA. Years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, that's actually confidential. I unfortunately cannot speak to anything about that. Yeah. Um, that's when I was working for the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i thought i'd throw that out there there's your solution to your answer you know your to your question to explain that 15 year gap in employment anyway jumping into today danny i want to go through a fun market related questions some hypothetical examples all right where you know say you invest so much money and something happens i'm going to ask some cool answers to it so to our listeners okay this is actually for you our listeners to participate in danny i'm 99% sure you know the answer to all these questions and that's okay but maybe we'll give a, we'll a little pause before you give the answer um, and then our listeners can take a, a guess at it too maybe you'll have to pause the podcast before you hear Danny's response if you want to answer blind without knowing the the correct answer so anyway all right, sounds yeah good. let's go through some of these 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 um, questions all right question number one you put ten thousand dollars into your investment account and you buy one thousand shares of xyz fund this is a made-up fund i just you know came up with so xyz fund is ten dollars a share you bought a thousand dollars at ten dollars a share so that's the ten thousand right a few months later you log into your account and it says the account balance is eight thousand dollars how much money did you lose okay okay so to our listeners so you still get an answer you still got a thousand shares yeah yep how much money did you lose uh well, you you have eight thousand in your account now. Well, your account balance says eight thousand. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the account balance, that value is down two thousand. But in terms of money, you don't have money in your account. So you still have the thousand shares. You haven't lost anything. That's correct. I'm I'm curious to know because yeah, you haven't realized that loss. Right. That's right. So I. Curious to know what our listeners might have answered to that. So that's correct. If you put in $10,000 and you buy $1,000, $1,000, 1,000 shares of XYC fund at $10 a share, you log in a few months later and it says $8,000 in your account. You didn't lose money because you still own the 1,000 shares that you bought. They're just hypothetically worth less at this exact point in time. So if you then went and sold those shares, maybe in a panic 
or whatever it might be, then yes, then you would have lost $2,000. But if you do nothing, you just hold on to those shares, you haven't lost anything because you still own those shares. So that's correct, Danny. Okay. Yep. Um, I, I will say that is a very common thing. Uh, a lot of investors, uh, you know, give into their emotions right. and you buy high and sell low. <laughs> right. The exact opposite of what you should uh, do. Because it's, yes, it's, uh, it's easy to FOMO into something that is just rocketing off. Right. And um, usually by the time, you know, everyone in your family and your mother and your grandfather and grandmother, like everyone's talking about this, it's too late. Don't jump into that. <laughs> it's been hyped a lot. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really common for people to buy really high and then get scared and, and sell yeah. low. So uh, that is something to be careful. The, uh, my, one of my prior employers that used to work for at a financial planning firm in Northern Virginia, awesome planning firm I used to work for. He told me something, and I, I'll never forget this. It was just really funny wisdom. He's like, you know, the day that I get in a taxi cab or like an Uber car, and the Uber driver is talking about certain investment, he's like, that's the day I know I need to sell. <laughs> he open, opens the app on his phone yeah. while the while the driver is talking about it, and is like, sell all yeah. of it. <laughs> Obviously, that's that shouldn't be your decision making, uh, you know, driver to sell or buy things, but it's more tongue in cheek funny. Like, you know, when you, when you can just feel the fervor, like the people who are getting all on the hype train about something, that's usually when he's like, that's when my red flags go up and I get a little bit cautious. So yeah, there's a, there's a good uh, phrase with that. Um, it's be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Yep. I think that was a Warren Buffett. Not that greed is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically it just, it just means, you know, um, be, be careful when everyone is hyping something. Yeah. And uh, if you have the capital set aside when everyone else is afraid and running from the market, that's your time to, to buy, you know, buy low and then eventually sell high. Yeah. So uh, another question this is kind of the flip, right? The, the flip side of it. So you, you put in $10,000 and you buy a thousand shares of XYZ fund, $10 a share. You log in a few months later. Now your account balance says 13000 How much money did you make? I'll give you two seconds to think about it. All right. Listeners. <laughs> Um, it's the same, right? It's the exact opposite. You haven't made anything until you realize that right. gain. You have to sell the shares in order to make the money. Correct. Yep. And I think these are two good examples because you'll often hear people say things like, I, oh my God, I've lost so much money or, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm up. I made so much money in the market or my advisor made me so much money. Those aren't necessarily accurate statements unless you actually sold your shares and realized a loss or, or a gain for that matter. Yep. Yeah. So let's, let's do another one. So you put $10,000 in your investment account. You buy 1,000 shares of XYZ Fund, $10 a share. A few months later, you log in, you see that your account balance says 18000 How much money do you have in your account? I think I may have inadvertently answered this in the first question. It's, okay. it's still zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's still zero. It's zero. Now, here's, here's the, um, the interesting thing about it, though. Yes, officially or technically, you have zero dollars in your account, even in, in that case. However that unrealized gain does directly affect your net worth calculations. Sure. So even though it's it's not money, it does affect your overall net worth assets minus liabilities. Right. Absolutely. That's correct because it is an asset after all, right? And and it is marketable. It's it's liquid, you know, you can sell it on the market and and then turn that into cash. But often I know this seems so silly to to get this nitty-gritty, but you do not have money in that account. You have shares. You have, in this hypothetical example, you have 1,000 shares of XYZ fund. Last I checked, XYZ fund shares are not currency, right? I don't think I can go to the store and buy you know, groceries with XYZ fund shares last I checked. So it's, you have $0 in your account. That 
dollar amount you see on the account is just an illusion, right? It, it just represents yeah. what it currently could be valued at if you were to sell it right now. At this exact moment in right, time. Right, Yeah. But uh, I, I just want people to really get away from using this language because I think when you use language like I made this much money or I lost this much money or I have this much money in my investment account, when you're using that word money, you are really reinforcing the idea that you can lose or gain things when in fact you don't have money in there. So I, I think like really breaking that illusion kind of helps embrace the nature of the markets and volatility and up and down and make you realize that what you are holding is not actually money. And you can kind of maybe, maybe separate some of that psychological turmoil that you experience. I don't think it's going to cure it, but I think it certainly okay. helps a little bit, right? So yeah, I got one more for you. Let's say you put 10,000 in your investment account 10 years ago. Let's say 2013, because we're recording this in 2023. So 10 years go by. At the beginning of 2023, you log in and you see, so this is January of 2023, hypothetically, right? You log in, you see that your account's worth 31,000. Then you log out and you wait another 10 months, right? Because we're in October now. Then you log back in again, you see the account value went from 31,000 to 23,000. How much is your okay. portfolio? currently down first off oof that's a pretty big drop in a short amount of time <laughs> however um your account value and the overall gain or loss is based on your cost basis your average cost of everything you've purchased in there and even though uh, you know you looked and a couple months ago you might say oh i had so much money before but now it's down in terms of what you've actually gained or lost there you are up. Your portfolio is not down because your cost base is, is $10,000. Right. So you have an unrealized gain of $13,250. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like a lot of people will anchor to the, the highest point in their portfolio, like when they've seen it at an absolute all-time high. And then any drop in value from there, they perceive as their account value being down. Like, oh, now I'm, I was at $31,000. Now I'm down to $23,000. i am I'm down $8,000. That's false. You originally put in $10,000. Like you said, Danny, you're still up 13000 Remember where you came from, right? Remember how you got to where you are. And don't discount actions you've taken so long ago to get to you to a point where you are accumulating wealth. You're going to see your account value go up and down. Yes, you may see your account value hit an all-time high, and it may feel really good and euphoric, but you should fully expect that it's going to come down from that all-time high at some point. Just because it does that, doesn't mean you lost out on something. It also doesn't even necessarily mean that you're down overall, right? You might still be way, way ahead of where you started. And that's a good thing. Just don't lose sight of that bigger picture is, is where I'm trying to go with this. And don't anchor yeah. to the most recent all-time high. That's going to set you up in a, to, to be more disappointed more frequently when, mm -hmm. quite frankly, I don't think it would be warranted to be disappointed, right? You, you have a lot yeah, to it, be it, happy about. If you're always anchoring to that all-time high, boy, you are going to feel a lot more stress, <laughs> right? I, I want to finish with one story, so I've heard this many times, and it just really gives me goosebumps. It makes me sad. I, I think I've actually lost sleep of, over this and even felt slightly depressed because of it. I will often hear people, uh, family members, friends, what, whoever it might be, people I meet, say things like, oh, I, yeah, I had all this money in my 401k, but I lost it all in the 2008 Great Recession, financial crisis, lost it all. I always wonder how that could be the case. What do you mean you lost it all? Like, were you invested in the markets? You know, 
Yeah, did they did they choose to cash out everything right then? Yeah, because and this is this is where it really breaks my heart because for a lot of people, assuming they weren't in like the most sketchy sketch of investments, right? Like assuming they were like sure. broadly diversified in, you know, standard investment index funds across, you know, US markets and international markets, you know, well-known index funds, really diversified. Assuming you were invested in those things, you didn't lose you know, the Great Recession didn't cause you to lose your money. You caused yourself to lose that money if you sold when the market was down. And that's hard to say, like, because I, I'm not judging. I actually think it's heartbreaking because a lot of people aren't, you know, in tune with understanding the nature of these things, right? What is the difference between being down in your account versus actually losing money, right? And so, that's, Danny, it's those stories that I hear about people talking about how they lost all their mm-hmm. money. It's actually what kind of inspired me to write this little mini episode was to maybe okay. give people some tools to put in their tool belt to to equip to better equip you with some knowledge and some qu- these questions you can think about just some food for thought so that next time when yeah I I wanted to add in um, one aspect that is different though and just want to call out is the fact that people that were retiring were were getting ready to retire yeah. right around that time had a much more difficult experience and um, kind of future retirement because of the sequence of returns and that enormous drop right at the beginning of their retirement. Absolutely. I mean, you and I just talked about this in the fire movement episode prior to this about sequence of returns risk being one of the biggest risks to somebody in the fire movement. But think about it as a typical retiree too. Like if somebody retired right as the great recession was happening, imagine the stress they must have felt. Oh my gosh, I just retired. This is my entire nest egg. I've just seen it cut in half or maybe cut down by 30 or 40 percent i'm supposed to live on this for the rest of my life what in the world am i going to do the world is ending around me i don't know what to do panic i need to go to cash you know i I can't lose the rest of what my precious dollars are when in reality that the most logical course of action would be strictly you know numbers wise in a perfect world you would stay invested right but people need to access their money right so i think to your point danny when you entertain that thought experiment, this reinforces the need to have either some buffer assets, extra cash before you retire set aside so that if the market does go down, you can pull from something and let your investment account recover or maybe some type of um, uh, income floor like you mentioned about social security plus a small amount of annuity if you need to supplement your social security. Whatever tool you want to deploy, those are things to consider uh, in that sequence of returns risk. But anyway, for what it's worth, um, this seemed prudent to to get this conversation out there you know to our listeners spread these questions to your friends and your family talk about it educate them this is these are some really basic but important concepts to be aware of when it comes to at your investment account value that you're not actually holding cash in there that being up or down doesn't mean you lost or made money unless you actually sell those holdings these are, are the very true. this is just the very beginning of the conversation um to really get you on the right path to think in a more healthy and and logical way about your investments and and try to start separating that emotion from the equation so yeah i agree anyway thanks so much yeah thanks danny everyone hope you enjoyed that and as always uh we'll see you this thursday all opinions expressed in this program are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or financial advice Always remember that investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a qualified professional before making any important financial decisions.